0: Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to Forty and Twenty, the Watch Clicker podcast, with your hosts Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like.
1: Everett, how are you? I'm well. I'm thawing. Where you're, you're you're thawed out? I'm thawed. Yeah, uh, perhaps all the way. Uh, no, I. Oh, black cherry claw ain't a lot. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing well. Yeah we had a I, I think a, a, a storm that reached the level of national news this mm-hmm. week.
0: But yeah, in fairness, everyone is yeah. experiencing some level of a winter storm. Ours is just a little bit more
1: um, novel for our region. Yeah yeah, that's right. It, it, well, and, and I think the, the way ours hit, feels kind of crazy i I would say this is a mm, you know once a decade perhaps even i don't know what a generation is but this is a sort of once in a generational yeah uh on friday evening we got hit by a combination of uh low cold temperatures so surface level cold temperatures combined with warm um temperatures above that meaning Mm -hmm. water rain was coming down and hitting a 21 22 degree surface and freezing uh some of that was pelletized grapple type of stuff we actually got super lucky we had a
0: thinner warm air band above us so the snow fell melted and then had time to refreeze before it hit the earth. So we we got sleet, though weather models were suggesting it was snow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it wasn't quite grapple. We got a lot, a lot of sleet. And they, just
1: five miles east of us was getting straight freezing rain. Yeah. We got super lucky. And so that that came down we got I don't know I, I the the reports vary people are saying four inches which is wasn't true but we got you know anywhere from three quarters of an inch to an inch and a half of this sleet yeah material this sort of refrozen wet snow hail material that was hitting the ground with enough moisture that it was adhering to itself so Mm -hmm. when you looked outside it looked like snow um kids treated it like snow (laughs) that's right the kids treated it like snow but it wound up actually being a a thick layer of ice basically from the moment it fell Mm -hmm. that continued well that continued for 15 hours or so and then we got hit a little bit later on Tuesday with some more, but here we are Wednesday evening and we've got significant thawing. There's still accumulations in places. Mm -hmm. Um, Andrew occupationally knows that we've got some issue with drainage. We've got a a number of unresolved issues, especially in places that got hit harder. (laughs) Um, I think some like 30,000 people without power and water. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The, the amount of people without power and water is huge. We've got, I don't know the number, but thousands of downed trees, Yeah. many of them impacting homes and power lines and cars. Um, yeah. So it's been crazy. Bit of a mess this weekend (laughs) into the midweek. We, I say we, because we live across the street from one another. Uh, we're incredibly fortunate that we didn't lose power. We didn't lose water. Well, Andrew lost water, but that's a different story. Yeah. We didn't lose gas. We we lost no internet. So no, we've essentially just been quarantined, just cold, cold, <laughs> um, but not in the houses. Totally comfortable in the houses, watching TV, um, playing video games. Uh, for it was just it was basically a long weekend where you were forced to stay in your house most of the time. But, but the kids
0: were outside. That was the best kind of weekend. The <laughs> yeah, kids the are kids outside, playing outside playing on this like sheet of ice. And you said yesterday that a divine Zamboni and it really yesterday afternoon when the like when we're getting our freezing rain event and it's still super cold and we're getting not a ton of rain but enough to really add some weight the the road looked pristine it it looked like a fresh zamboni run over it it was nuts and it was just slick and the kids are out there sledding on this
1: sheet of ice it was you you gotta throw up finger quotes when you say sledding because i don't think there were any actual sleds but yeah just they were having more fun than they would have with snow slamming themselves on tupperware lids rubbermaid lids yeah sliding across the ground yeah no it was a weird it was a weird event like i said we were insulated from a lot of the we still have a lot of people that are in pretty dire straits here um mm-hmm. we were pretty fortunate in fact i would say uh, amongst the people in eugene we were probably top 20 30 percent in terms of how lucky we got with power and everything i think yeah because we're in the flats like i I drove on Saturday without an issue. We could get to the grocery store. Yeah. I think something like 50% of Eugene residents had some loss of something mm-hmm. throughout and we didn't have any of that, which is really, which is really nice. Uh, it was actually not a, a painful thing, but I can imagine even just a, an hour of, you know, loss would have been annoying. My, Associate one of my associates came in we opened the office today none of the staff came in but the attorneys (laughs) the attorneys all came in and one of my associates had um, Not had power for four days so for uh, essentially the entirety of the event Mm -hmm. and um, She had had hot water, but because because gas but hadn't had and had had a, I think she has a fireplace. So some warmth in the house, but no power for four days, which is brutal. It's brutal.
0: One of my coworkers has been out since Saturday. She is stuck on her property because her, she has a long driveway and some acreage. Two big trees have fallen across her driveway and she doesn't have sufficient arborist tools to get through these trees. Uh, has been without power.
1: Yeah, you need like a 40-inch bar or something yeah. to even consider tackling on a mid-sized tree.
0: Yeah, so no power. She got her pump house jerry-rigged to get water back on. So they were two days without water, no power.
1: All they have is heat. <laughs> like Charging their phones in their car. <laughs> and, and there's just a ton of people in that situation. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a little crazy, but here we are. We've made it. We're recording. Virtually unscathed. Yeah. (laughs) Using all of the lights on our recording board. I've been turning lights on for no reason
0: just to celebrate having electricity. In fact, I wasted, I don't know, several, probably, you know, over a thousand gallons of water this morning because my backflow preventer burst in the cold weather. It's my two years in a row now. My backflow has had an issue. Last year, a cross-threaded valve cap blew out, and this year the whole housing blew up. So, I didn't learn last year. Maybe next year I'll wrap it when it
1: gets cold, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, probably. Uh, uh, I, I've, I never do any of that winterization stuff, and I'm probably um, needing to knock on wood right now because I've been incredibly fortunate. Uh, but, yeah, I'm a grown-up. I'm a 40-year-old grown- man. I probably need to f- start doing that stuff. Every time I
0: watch the neighbors, like, styrofoam capping their faucets, I'm like, oh, I should do that. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I paid for it this year and last year, and I still am <laughs> not
1: changing my behavior. Well, in any event, we're not here to talk about backflow preventers or freezing weather events. Rather, we're here to talk about watches because – doesn't matter it doesn't matter what's happening in the weather in lane county or any other county in the united states watch watches keep happening and the weather outside is weather so let's worry about watches let's worry about watches uh we are here to talk about some new things that have come up i'd like to start with uh, a story about the terminator the Governor. yeah the governator uh apparently arriving in munich Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, wearing an Adam RPK on his wrist, but also carrying an auction item worth many, many, many dollars, Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was stopped going through customs in Munich. And I think eventually released many many hours later. Not really released. Kind of out on bail. Yeah, forced <laughs> to pay a pretty hefty uh, a pretty hefty tax fine. Maybe not a fine, but taxes. Thirty five thousand euros on a watch that's going to be auctioned. Uh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. So I, I read an
0: article about this either last year or the year before, um, because a writer for one of the big outlets went to Basel world, uh, and was staying across the border. So it was just, cause I don't, I'm not really familiar with the geography of it, but basically the way it was written is he was staying in a neighboring European union country and walking across the border to Basel world or like to a taxi to Basel world or something it sort of doesn't matter. Um, but he ran into a similar issue, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I would have never thought about the um, implications of traveling with multiple watches to a watch meetup, because I don't, I wouldn't, haven't, probably won't ever travel internationally for watch stuff. But he, either way, he's crossing a border, and they, like, look in his bag, and they're like, hey, dude, you got a, um, what's up? Like, those
1: are mine, and I'm not going to sell them. Uh, You're wrong. We'll link it in the show notes. So the article is by Mike Stockton, uh, Michael Stockton of Fratello, and it, it in 2019, Mr. Stockton was attending Basel World, got stopped. We'll we'll link we'll link the article in the show notes because it's it's actually pretty interesting. It, it does seem like the Swiss authorities were targeting Basel World attendees, mm-hmm. uh, w- which is interesting in and of itself. This but seems like a targeting of Arnold too. Yeah, you you know that was the first thing that jumped into my head was maybe there was a tip or something here because the The way the article reads is that he was. They recognized him going through customs and pulled him aside for a random bag check. It doesn't seem like. I, I mean, I I get it. Sort of be fair and maybe the the number comes up randomly, but that doesn't sound to me, at least the way the article was written, like what happened. And so I wonder if they had a tip or something like, "Hey, Arnold's carrying a priceless watch that's set for our auction." Uh, go get them. I think it was publicized that, that, that he was traveling there for this purpose. So it it could be the kind of thing that's not going to affect, uh, you on a day-to-day basis. But the point remains, if you're traveling with excess watches. Now, one of the things I understand about this, Andrew, is that traveling with your watch, no matter what the watch isn't going to get you so you can have a million dollar luck one or whatever right uh that's not going to get you stopped it's traveling with the extra watches mm-hmm. that could cause problems and i suspect that could cause problems whether you're carrying a handful of 500 watches or a handful of Twenty five thousand dollars watches. I don't. I don't know the answer to this.
0: When you think about customs, I mean, Notice had that issue a couple of years ago where all their end links got snatched yeah. up by customs because they were counterfeits. Like, no, motherfucker, those are our end links. We designed them. We bought them. They are being sent to us. What counterfeiting is happening? Customs is kind of weird, um but at the same time, they. Ha- It's interesting because they see some, like, 11 billion, not that many, but, like, I think the figure is millions of dollars of counterfeit watches every year. So, it's kind of, I don't know, it's it's something to be cognizant of if you're traveling internationally with watches. Because it could look like commerce,
1: and you know, obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't think even a thirty thousand dollar tax bill. I don't think is really going to make a meaningful dent in his net worth. Did right? it make a meaningful dent in mine, though? That's right. I, I mean, if
0: you're if you're someone who because they only valued this one of a kind watch at twenty six thousand euros.
1: Yeah, that that's right, and it's <laughs> it's certainly worth more than that. But you know, me if if they say. Hey, you need to pay $500 in taxes. That's going to hurt, especially if I'm like on my way to Germany for a holiday. That $500 is money that I've allocated at that point. I've budgeted. So it's not going to break me, but it might change my vacation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, something something to think about. Unless you are, you know, really, really flush, maybe consider... Maybe consider leaving the extra watches at home. I don't know. Put them you in know. your check bag. Who am I to say, yeah, that's right, uh, or, or whatever. But, yeah, it, I thought, wow, that's interesting, and it's a, that's a real life. You know, if, if it can happen to the governor, it could happen to you, too. It seems like a shakedown, though.
0: Any of that seems like a shakedown. Oh, hey, I have, I'm wearing a watch, and I have two more in my bag. No, you need to declare those. and And pay taxes on them
1: just for owning them. Well, we, we probably shouldn't get into it, but I think a lot of folks feel like taxes, period, are a shakedown. So They are a shakedown. Maybe we move on. Income taxes are illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh,
0: I've worked for the government all my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to talk about something. Uh, it's a brand that I am familiar with, I see all the time, and I haven't, I, I think, given them the the attention that they deserve in the way of RZE.
1: RZE... You're the owner of an RZE watch, aren't you? uh, Am I? Am I just making this up? Not RZE. It's a Relio. Oh, Relios? Oh, sure. I got that confused.
0: Similar but different. So the RZE Resolute line kind of fits in that world of... Uh, like your EDC sporty kind of unique case shape, some fun colors. Like this is kind of a, a staple in the EDC dude world in the way of a titanium case, some cool colors. It's, it, it's sporty. It's, it's kind of different. It looks techy. Uh, I sort of dig these. Um, <clears throat> they come in a lot of colorways. But they have reintroduced two colorways that were previously uh, discontinued, no longer in production. Take your pick up how you're going to do it. There's two colorways that are back and one new colorway. The colorways that are back are a gray, and I think they're calling it jade. Jade green? Doesn't matter.
1: Well, that's got to be the, the green is the jade, right? Yeah. So there's a gray or green.
0: And the new color is the desert tan, which is this cool sunburst from a very tan to like a dark kind of
1: coyote, like FDE brown. Arctic gray and urban teal. Ooh,
0: urban teal. Uh, now, what caught my eye was not the tan. I'm, I'm kind of medium. Tan's pretty mid. I'm trying to be cooler. Uh, this gray is dope I love it very like it's that same sunburst style a light gray transitioning to this very dark almost slaty yeah,
1: sort of a bononic yeah
0: this is this is money this case shape is good and all in titanium available in a titanium bracelet all for 530 bucks. 40, 40 millimeter case diameter 10.5 thick flat sapphire grade 2 titanium as we've said before I'm not super familiar with the grading of titanium I sort of think titanium's titanium's titanium but whatever I, think these, 905, are, I or nine, think
1: these are coated titanium too with like a, a like a super hard um, Ultra hex hard coating, uh, probably similar to whatever Trask is using, but
0: about twelve hundred, um, whatever that ha- unit is. Yeah, the hardness value unit. Uh, is that Rockwell? Am I making that up? Uh, you are making that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, a nine OS five movement, hundred meters of water resistance. So it's not maxing it out. If they could just just get ten more out of that thing. Um, this is good. No date window on it. I I like these, these I'm in, I'm intrigued by these.
1: Yeah. You know, these are, they're, they're cool watches. I I think RZ, RZ is a fun company, the Swiss company. Um, the, the question I have about these is, has to do with the options. These are seemingly available in a bunch of different options. And, and with the introduction of the Resolute Pro too, I sort of wonder like, where, where does this, where does everything fit in this <clears throat> collection? So you've got the Resolute, the Resolute Pro, which I think is like an applied, there's probably some other stuff. Um, you've got an, you've got enamel dials, you've got 369, you've got stick markers, And so I sort of, I I wonder like, (laughs) why is there so much variety in a relatively limit, you know, a relatively sort of consistently featured watch? I do know that these are uh, available on a bracelet, which is an H-Link. It actually looks like a pretty decent H-Link bracelet. Um, Yeah, these are cool, man. What's... I'm not sure the difference between the Resolute and the Resolute Pro. You know, you'd have to talk to someone more familiar than I am. I know the Resolute Pro has... Uh, it looks like just enamel dials. An enamel dial in and in an applied yeah, and applied logos. And but 100 bucks. And, <laughs> that's right. And I don't know if there's more to it than just that. Yeah, but they're great looking watches. I, I agree with your assessment. These are sort of like techie EDC, modern looking watches. Um, You know, I can think of other brands similar to that aesthetic, but I think RZ is doing a really great job of that.
0: They're Yeah, they're doing an interesting thing. I
1: like the loom. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good loom. Can we talk about Dan Henry? I think we need to talk about Dan Henry. So Dan Henry, a watch that we've talked about on the show a number of times. You know, uh, we talked about getting Dan on the show. This has been several years ago, and he's a little bit. He doesn't like me. He was pretty cool with Everett, but he said, I will not be on a show with Andrew. And I was like, well, I, I that don't is blame you. Simply not true. I think Dan's just a bit of a shy guy. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> like, shy guy. Similar to that, he, though. He, he might be, uh... I think, just a little bit shy and m- just kind of doing his thing. Well, the one... So I've always thought Dan Henry watches were really interesting, um, but there's something about them. I was like, eh. That changed when the 1972 came out, which is an homage to one of my favorite watches of all time, the Porsche Orphina, um, the Porsche 1 Orfina chronograph watch. And that 1972 sort of was on the nose um, of that of that watch, right? And I thought, well, this is really terrific, and I'd like to have it. It's got a pretty interesting movement. The watch, upon release, had a um, quartz chronograph with an alarm function, which is really freaking cool. Uh, the material was great, the build was great, the dial was great. And this is pretty early on in, in our history, in the 40 and 20 history. I ultimately parted ways with that watch because I got a pretty good offer for it and got rid of it. Uh, with that said, I think the alarm made it kind of weird. Now, nah, I thought the alarm was the best <clears throat> thing about that. With that said, uh, it's still to this day my favorite. I also went with the silver version of that. And I think I may have hung on to the black PVD version. Uh, but Dan's come out with a new model. So they released the black chronograph, re-released the black chronograph at some point, sans alarm function. I don't think they sold out of all the original silvers because you can still get those with the alarm. They've just now re-released these with a time only, uh, complication or a time only movement. So very similar watch looks the same same case size i bet the cases were virtually identical screw down crown 100 meters a really uncluttered beautiful dial and a 12 hour dual time bezel on a uh 10 o'clock secondary crown
0: yeah an internal rotating
1: bezel is that what i said I think I said something weird. You did, which is why I clarified. I appreciate <laughs> you clarifying that. That seemed like a reasonable clarification. Yeah. So an internal rotating 12 hour bezel, dual time bezel on a, on a 10 o'clock crown. These are pretty fun.
0: They are. I would really like that. So, so the, the black PVD, they are 41 millimeter cases. Um,
1: <clears throat> yeah. I guess I assume that you knew what a 1972 case is like
0: 12, nine thick, um, I would I think I would prefer that black PVD with the blue hand instead of the red hand.
1: Yeah, well, that was my thing too. I, I wanted the blue over the red, but you don't get choices. No, you get silver with blue, black with red. Yeah and, and, and I think that's a mistake um, but it, that's it that's not my choice. creates a logistics kind of pain in the dick. I think that's possible. Yeah. You, you know, the thing about these watches when, when I got mine, what I was so impressed, the bracelet on these is really terrific. Um It was light, but felt well constructed and solid even while being light. Um I, I'm going to criticize this watch. Oh, because I think it's terrific. And it's got a Miyota 8200, a Miyota 8, 8- movement in it which for me is a no-go uh it, it's a little clunky it makes too much noise it's not very good and it's kind of thick this is a 13 millimeter watch that should at 100 meters this should be 11 it's 360 bucks i know i know i know but dan give me a 500 watch that's better. I'm fine with a three hundred and sixty dollar watch, but give me a five hundred dollar watch. But you're, you're, you're not going to get a nine series in a five hundred, a three hundred fifty dollar watch. You, you're going to get a you're going to get a nine series in a five hundred dollar watch. Yes, I mean we you should. We, yeah, yeah, we're talking about a lot of money. We're talking about the difference between probably twenty two bucks and maybe seventy bucks a movement. So, and that's a wholesale, right? Mm-hmm.
0: But he's not, he, I mean, he's not making that many watches.
1: I don't know how many of these they made. He makes a bunch. I think that's his deal. I'm going to make a shitload of these. Uh, you, you know. Yeah, they do still have, I mean, he still has the alarm. Dan Henry is one of these people who just has a ton of money and is making the watches he wants and um, making really affordable watches. I think a ton of people have cut their collecting teeth with Dan Henry watches, especially as he sort of dips his toes into automatics. I think that's for me really when his business came alive. Um,
0: quick release spring bars on the bracelet. Yeah. The The detail in the F-14 Tomcat on
1: the case back is phenomenal.
0: That's crazy detail in that.
1: Yeah. And I think these three-dimensional <clears throat> case backs, something that's been in the micro brand world for yeah seven or eight years now. And, and and that's not a terribly expensive thing to do, but it's a nice touch. And I think Dan does a lot of that. So yeah, this is a really cool watch. I wish it had a better movement, but it, it'd be
0: more expensive. It would be more <coughs> expensive. You're he, right. I, I just, I super appreciate the accessibility that Dan Henry provides in watches that are either non-existent
1: mm-hmm.
0: or if they do exist, you're only getting them vintage. Or they're going to cost your entire left leg to to be able to buy the modern iteration. The accessibility to
1: familiar, iconic designs
0: is awesome.
1: Well, and that's something to be said for this watch. Whereas the 1972 was very easy to spot for what it was, I don't think that this watch exists. I know that Orfina did some time-only watches with a similar aesthetic to this um but this is really this is not something that exists in the world this watch uh certainly in this size i mean this is a a, an inspired watch clearly and you can look at the case and the bracelet to know what inspired it but no immediately yeah this this, is an orfina (laughs) this is really something of its own Mm -hmm. yeah is this his
0: first foray into that kind of design. I am trying to think of at the rest of his collection.
1: Well, I don't think he's done anything quite like this before. Yeah. You, you know, I, and that's maybe one of the things I like about these Dan Henry releases is he always seems like he's doing something, you know, that chronograph alarm, obviously that's a pretty simple thing. You get the movement, you do it, but it just seems like he's being creative in like a really innocuous, like almost latent or 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 sneaky way, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a ton of fun. We haven't talked about Dan Henry in a while, so mm. I'm glad I'm glad to have had an opportunity to talk about it, especially with this watch. This to me is really the crown jewel of the Dan Henry collection, and I'm glad they did this. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. What's next?
0: Surprise, Blank pun. And Swatch have dropped a seventh Fifty Fathoms collaboration. <clears throat> now, how can there be seven? Because there are six oceans. <laughs> so the the final release is in all black variation, inspired by the ocean on the moon. Why can't I think of it? The ocean of storms. 'Cause it's the name of the watch. <laughs> you dumb shit. Oh boy. The ocean of storms. This is awesome. It is an all black 50 fathoms with the bioceramic. Kind of a like a, a nicely bright and sheeny bezel. I learned about fathoms today. Uh not like I, I went <laughs> I'm I'm familiar with fathom as a depth measurement. I went a little bit down the rabbit hole, of of the the entomology of fathom and the you know, the different usages of it. The the thing that I struggle with is I don't understand how you could have a what is supposed to be measuring tool that is inconsistent from one person to the next. Um, and we can make all the jokes we want about like uh, our inability to assess what six inches is really like. But if you're trying to measure depth, when you're thinking about the belly of a ship, whether or not it's going to run aground, and you're using my arm span to measure fathoms versus Dirk's arm span to n- measure fathoms, we're running aground, man. That's a really deeply flawed <laughs> measuring system. Oh, it's about six feet based on how tall you are. Oh. Okay. Um entomology of it was really interesting. Uh just go ahead and take a take a little bit of a dive down the rabbit hole and enjoy that with me. Um did you say entomology? Because that's different
1: than etymology. I'm just throwing it out there. Is that like the soybean things? <laughs> yeah, that's right, it's soybeans. <laughs> listen, don't listen to us. If you're still listening to us, thank you, but stop,
0: please. <laughs> uh I super like this. I what I um what I really liked about the uh, the first releases of these were the um, old, like retro things they threw into them. These, these like vintage technologies in the way of a water intrusion uh, indicator, the radiology or the the radioactive indicator. This has none of those things. It's got a four thirty date window, all black, fifty fathoms. This is. This is money. I I really like this one. I don't think it's my favorite of them, but I it's it's up there. It's it's top three for me.
1: You know, I think it's interesting when they released the six or the the five. Okay. Excuse me. It it felt a little like um, they were missing something like this. You know, they've mm-hmm. got the the gray and white version, but I think the mission to the moon, moon swatch, was. <laughs> Complete. Uh, yeah, I think it was probably far and away the favorite because there was people that wanted uh, a a moonwatch, mm-hmm. but they wanted it in the moon Swatch form. And, and it, I was I was kind of struck by how all of these are pretty out there. In, in fact, I think the biggest difference for me between the moon Swatch collaboration and the Fifty Fathoms swatch collaboration was, or the Blancpain swatch collaboration was that i didn't like any of the blonde ponds I, I i don't hate them all but i didn't i didn't love any of them enough to actually buy it versus with with the moon swatch i was like fuck i like them all you know i, I eventually think the, i think the,
0: oh, the omegas like the moon swatch platform is a better
1: medium for color expression than the 50 fathoms you might be onto something there because i you know i think the jupiter is great i think uh Uranus I, is just Uranus, fire as, as always <laughs> uh you know i settled on the mars because i love the the subdial hands and the the alaska project connection mm-hmm. um but there was probably you know, of the 35 that they released, there's probably been 33 <laughs> of them that I thought, yeah, that's really fucking cool. And in contrast that with the Blanc Pond project, I I just wasn't enamored really by any of these. You know, ironically, the mission to the moon was my probably my least favorite of the moon swatches. Uh, or Maybe not least favorite, but just the one that I'd be least inclined to get. This ocean of storms, I think, is far and away the best of the blonde ponds i mean it is really really attractive mm-hmm. um th- that black colorway i think I, and so you might have hit the nail on the head that the color expressions just the the Speedmaster platform just lends itself better to that you you might be right about that i actually think there's something about the bracelet or the strap that the Blanc ponds come on that bothers me that <coughs> five or seven or however many maybe I, I think it's is.
0: I think it's the bezel I think the thickness of the bezel makes it difficult to kind of do big colors and I think with that that skinny the skinny bezel of the Speedmaster compared against that fucking huge dial I, I just I think it's it's a better medium
1: for for color yeah you 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 might be right Andrew theories abound everybody's got them what are your theories why is the moon swatch why are all of the moon swatches better than until now all of the blog ponds you don't have to respond to that it was semi rhetorical but you can if you want you know where to find us
0: oh I thought you were talking to me No, and then (laughs) you said it like it was me and I was like oh I'm prepared to respond I very rarely
1: have ever talked to you it's true
0: (laughs) We're not even in the same room. That's the funny thing. You y'all think we're like hanging out drinking beer? We're we're actually we're not. We're we're totally co-located. In fact, sometimes we play
1: footsie. So uh another brand that reminds me in a lot of ways to Dan Henry, Andrew. Uh and I've never heard anyone else make this comparison, but it seems so <laughs> obvious that other people may have. Ferland Mari came out a handful mm. of years ago uh kind of like a kickstarter a special but just instantly caught fire punching with the way they were connecting you know with paddock fully pieces and you know i I think ferland maria is is one of those brands that's a little it's a little tough to understand how they've gotten to where they are you know besides like a big three for Lamari, or one of the few watches you can buy with resale value three times retail, um, which is crazy in this world. <clears throat> it's crazy to have caught fire like that. You, you know, even when you look at brands that yeah. have been propped, you know, fi- with financial connections or not, but you know, brands like Serica or whatever that were darlings, you know, the, the resale on those is less than MSRP. Furlan Mari has hit that, that golden ratio of supply and demand where, you know, you could have picked up one of their initial releases for 400, 500 bucks. And they now regularly go for 1200, 1300, 1400 bucks. Smith's is like that. It's, it's, it's
0: bizarre that you can, buy a small batch, small brand watch as a commodity and make money on it, Yeah, set up bots to purchase it the
1: millisecond it drops. So and Mars released their newest watch, which is a absolutely stunning bicompex chronograph. They've done so in collaboration with Revolution, and uh, an Italian collector who I don't know a lot about, his actual name is Aro Montanari, but I think that he's posted on, or, or been featured on Talking Watches as uh, by a non-deplume John Goldberg. I, I'm not really all that familiar, but supposedly he's a m- maybe a Dan Henry type character himself. Uh, and they released this beautiful m- mechanical chronograph uh there are three of them which are sort of informed by this rl montanari's tastes and his familiarity with watches uh and I, these are fucking stunners so these mm-hmm. are not 350 or 400 watches rather these are mechanical chronographs with a price to match i think they're like what 3000 francs is that right or 3500 francs
0: 2750
1: yeah so so 2750 francs so something like $3000 3000 bucks um <clears throat> the pushers on these are fantastic the details on this watch is absolutely terrific i think they call these olive pushers um mm-hmm. y- you know this thing has this really sort of vintage style looks like like a 1963 like all of (laughs) like all of ferlin mari's stuff but it is just tell me i'm wrong absent no you're you're you're. i mean you're a little wrong uh but golly so there are three versions of these ones like a sort of copper dial one's a blue and blacked out, which has a bit of a I, I don't know a roulette feel to me at least, mm-hmm. and, and then this like really sort of dark tan and gray, not quite black and tan, but sort of tan and onyx, really warm hued, and, and that one's got a pulsation timer on it. These are terrific, Andrew. I, I mean, I actually, I think they all have pulsation timers, but they all. These are really, really terrific, and I mean, I don't know that I'm a buyer today. Oh, they're actually calling that taupe, so I guess warm tan is is fine. (laughs) Super precise color descriptors here. (laughs)
0: Pantone 341A. Is that right?
1: I don't know. Okay. So a Salita AMT 5100 manually wound column wheel contr- column wheel controlled flyback chronograph with a 58 hour power reserve. So I don't, I'm not super familiar with that. I'm not super familiar with that movement, but it sounds rad. Uh, 38 millimeters by 13.2 for a mechanical chronograph. That's acceptable. Uh, 46 millimeter, terrific lug to lug, 50 meters of water resistance, Polished steel CNC hands. Interesting, You don't see that a lot. Mm -mm. Yeah, this is pretty cool, 30-minute counter. I love it.
0: Pantone 341 is green, so I wasn't close. (laughs) What do you got? I I like that watch. I have another interesting story. So King Frederick the 10th of Denmark was recently coronated. Is that the right word? Coronated? Crowned? Coroned. Coroned. I think coroned. And here he is in his finest military dress, complete with shoulder boards, with what I'm assuming is 24-karat gold tassels, 24 karat gold embroidery on the cuffs and let me tell you what this dude wore for coronation day the omega seamaster 300 on an olive nylon strap fuck yeah this dude Knows, so for for those of you unfamiliar, like I was, um, this this fella was a former member of the International Olympic Committee, a sailor. He served in the Danish Royal Navy, the Danish Royal Army, and completed training as a, a frogman in their in Denmark's elite special operations force. Take that for what you will. Now, most elite special operator units have some kind of special unit watch partnership, whether it be with, take your pick of brands, they almost all have one. These watches are available for current and former members of these special teams. So the watch that he was wearing is the Danish Special Forces Special Omega Seamaster 300 watch because he completed training with them. I'm not, again, take that for what you will. Um, and this is, everyone knows the Seamaster Pro. Everyone knows it, it's a gorgeous watch. I'm not a big fan of the wave dial. It's always been kind of a hang up for me. Um, but so many people, so many special operations units wear these. These dudes are like, these watches are swatch spotted on every single mm-hmm. time you see any operator group meeting, like at, at a diplomatic meeting or anything like that. It's, oh, Seamaster Pro, sub, you know, take your pick of watches. Um, what a baller
1: move to get coordinated as king of a country wearing that on a NATO You know, there's a number of pictures that so this this picture has been making the rounds this week. He's wearing it on like a tan NATO and there are a a number of other pictures of him wearing this watch on the same NATO. It it occurs to me that this is just his watch. Right. I don't think he's a watch guy. Yeah, I think he had some money and so he bought the unit watch had some money and was the heir apparent. And that's just his watch, right? This is the watch I wear. I mean, he's the king of Denmark. He probably has a net worth of like seven and a half million dollars or something. Like, I don't know, probably eight and a half. But yeah, he easily. can still
0: he can still buy one of these. They're like five grand.
1: <laughs> so you, you know, I th- I think this is just this guy's watch, and it doesn't matter what the fuck he's doing. I don't think it was like, oh, I'm getting coroned today. What <laughs> am I gonna wear? <laughs> it's Corona day. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just like. Putting on his underwear, put on his watch, and then put on his twenty-four karat gold tassels, you know, and like, white gloves. Yeah, as, as you do, <laughs> as you do. So maybe he, I don't think a person has that much money and doesn't get all kinds of gifts. Yeah, man. Well, I don't. I don't know. You. You might be right. I think this is just his watch. I think he's a pretty no-nonsense dude, and this is just his watch. That's my take. I. I think that's a reasonable take. I mean, all the other pictures of him that exist, he's like. Uh, well, I'm blanking on the Ukrainian president's name. Uh, Vladimir Zelensky. Zelensky. That's right. I, I think he's kind of like He's just like I'm doing my job. Look, people. I'm yeah, doing- but Zelensky's a TV star, also. Yeah, sh- like, well, that's you're you're not wrong about that. Yeah. So maybe a little different. And I just, I just the way this guy seems to me is that he's maybe not to say there's no vanity there, but I think he's just kind of serious going about business. I think he just wants to be a man of the people and chose that today. Yeah. But, but a Seamaster is not man of the people, right? An Iron Man is man of the people. But in the way of, this is the watch I earned the right to own. I think it's less man of the people and more just like, this is my watch. I just don't think he gives a shit. Maybe, maybe, but a, a a fun watch spotting.
0: Cause it'd be really easy for him to be wearing like a day just or, like an IWC or something like that. Andrew,
1: we are behind and there's some shit we have to Ooh, talk get about. Get behind me. Do it. I'm going to talk about the Timex Marlin. <clears> okay. <throat> so these are sold out. You can't buy them. I assume they'll come back, but they're fucking rad. Uh, Hodicki calls this retro futuristic and maybe Timex has used that language as well. Certainly the name, the Marlin Jet Automatic, feels retro futuristic, which. Uh, they talk about retrofuturistic, sort of the Jetsons, and I think that's a great example. I think of like uh, the Disney Disneyland, is it Futureland? Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland, that's right. Mm. I think of Tomorrowland, and this watch to me fits in that. So you, you see this watch from the top down, obviously like a classic automatic watch. It's got this like bubble dome crystal. But then you get up close and the details. So this is a this is a galley design, I believe, or, mm-hmm. or part of a galley design. Um, but you get up close and it's like, wait, what the fuck, Timex? So it's got this stepped bezel that holds this domed crystal. It's got sort of a dog bowl dial, crosshair dial with an inset small seconds. Um, cuts into that dog bowl for the markers. Shit, man.
0: Yeah, you know what I hate about this, and it, it super bugs me. Tell me, the six o'clock engraved or maybe etched Marlin. I love it. I, I think it's terrific. Don't like that. It looks. It, it looks like a nineteen sixties
1: prototype car. Which is why it's the retro futuristic thing. Did I say small seconds when I was talking? You did. It's not small seconds. It's a 24 hour. Uh, sorry, keep going. But that's what it reminds me of. It, 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 it hits
0: that, n- that retro futuristic Jetsons feel a little too on the nose for me with that Invicta-esque mm. Marlin... I think you're dead wrong. Um, that's that's. I mean, think, think all you want, sucks. you wrong. This is rad. Invicta
1: Invect- In- does suck. This is rad with that he- deep engraving. I, I I actually have no criticisms mm. about this. I it's got a Miyota movement. I have to imagine mm-hmm. that it's a Miyota Eight Series for two hundred and eighty nine bucks. So I criticize Dan <laughs> for using that movement. I'm not going to criticize Timex. Eat me. That's my opinion. Uh I think this is. <laughs> I, I think it's. Almost perfect, and it, it's unfortunately sold out. I went to the website today to check this out. Thirty-eight millimeters. It does have a nineteen millimeter lug. Of course, it does. Coming on that woven strap. Which, Ugh. okay, fine. You can get nineteen millimeter. That's, that's not great. Okay,
0: yeah, but that. you have to get nineteen millimeters
1: special for it. But this is really cool because you're not gonna wear it on that OEM. Woven. I'm pumped about this thing. I. Like I think if this thing comes back up for sale, I'll probably grab
0: one. I I just I can't I can't get behind the the Marlin logoing. Uh, moving on, <laughs> I want to talk about two presage cocktail times. So um, Seiko has partnered with the Star Bar in Tokyo uh, to produce two new colorways for the Cocktail Time. The first being the Star Bar. So so interestingly here, they're coming in two sizes, two colorways. The first is for the Gentleman, the Purple Sunset, which is a 40 and a half millimeter case with this beautiful gradient purple transitioning into deep, Deep blue with this kind of like almost sand like wavy texture dial. It's not a, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah. I could go with a different colorway. This is not for me because it also has kind of rose gold markers. All the presage cocktail time features
1: are there. And this is like the OG cocktail time case too, I think. Yeah. I think it's terrific. Yeah. It's just. Gorgeous, not for me,
0: but in the way of trying to pair it to the cocktail that is its namesake, the Purple Sunset. Uh, So they partnered with the Star Bar. uh, Famous um, bartender, Hisashi Kishi, at Star Bar played a part in this. Uh, Next one up is the Pinky Twilight coming in at 30.3 millimeters. This is actually the dial color I like more. It is gradient, same kind of wavy sand texture from a almost pink, but not quite pink, down into a cream color, just a, a gorgeous dial. Um, limited edition, kind of. They're like 3,000 and 3,500 a piece. Maybe oh no, that was a different one. Yeah, I think five
1: thousand pieces F- each. Oh,
0: so five thousand each. These are gorgeous.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I actually really like both of these dials. And in fact, the the cocktail time when when you and I were really sort of getting into watches, the cocktail mm-hmm. time was one of those watches that everybody was kind of pushing. You know, like if you want a dress watch, you either get the Bambino or the cocktail time. The cocktail time just never did it for me. I, I like these better than the standards, especially that original kind of crystal blue dial. I think I these really are like that are really fun. Um, I think they're really fun and terrific. They've got this push button deploying clasp that I find really terrific. Um, yeah, I, I like them both, Andrew. And, and I, in fact, I would wear either one of these. They're 500 bucks. I think you've got a 4R35 and hard Lex, oh, 9,000 pieces uh, In the srpk 75 which is the blue purple 41, you've got a 2R 05 movement in the SRE 014, which is the smaller, I think 30 millimeters, mm-hmm. clearly marketed at ladies. Um, it, uh, that's limited of 5,000. I don't know the 2R movement. I assume it's a 4R, a smaller 4R or something like that. But. That's got to be the differentiation there. Yeah, it's a 40-hour power reserve automatic movement. The The ladies' version is 11 millimeters thick, which is interesting because I think that the SRPK is more the like 12 and a half maybe. 11.8. 11.8, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty thin for a 4-hour movement. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing but movement in that watch. And that's that- a 41 by 20, yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty cool watch. Cool watches. Yeah, I I feel like we need to talk about Yema real quick because they released three new, uh, three new watches: the Yema Urban Rally Graph, Fly Graph, and Yachting Graph. These are three watches that share the same case and bracelet. Uh, but have different dials and different bezels. And they are really three totally different watches. They're all time only. Um, they've got intended, <laughs> intended purposes, I guess. One with sort of a uh, tack meter bezel, one with a racing uh, backwards countdown. What do you call that? And then Timer? yeah sure uh and and then one like sort of fly these are cool man yeah they're
0: good the colorways on them are awesome this is one of the first yellow highlights i've seen that i really dig in that in that racing
1: graph and so these are in the urban sport collection the traveler field and now sport uh subcategories and they come with the Yemas in house 2000 caliber it's a 288 29 jewel movement that's pretty well regulated 42 hour power reserve this is a Miyota 9000 or whatever a 2824 type of movement i'm not saying it's a clone of those i actually don't know but it it's sort of living in that world um yeah this is cool man these are all cool i think for 890 euro um I'd wear all of these. They've got great bracelets. I don't know what you call this style of bracelet. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to wrap my head around what's happening with the bracelet. I've seen this before. It's sort of a It's like a dive extension. It's like a
1: nine link. link um l- sort of a nine link. These are these were popular in the 70s and i think they're still pretty neat looking definitely its own definitely its own thing not not to say it's yema's thing but yeah so they're saying stainless steel nine row brace bracelet with safety latch and dive extension bracelet i think these are folded clasps yema's kind of doing they're sort of like seiko where you get to the the clasp and the things that people really want. And it's like, but they're priced well. And these are fun. These are neat watches. I I dig them. You're, you're deep in thought.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this dive extension.
1: Oh yeah. It's stupid. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. I'm, (laughs) I don't understand how
1: it, how it works. You've already thought about it too long.
0: Perhaps. Um, All right, last up for me. Citizen with some new Ecozilla editions in great colorways. So they have two special editions that are being dropped, for the, both the 70th anniversary of Godzilla and the, what, the 30th, 50th? An anniversary, for, or 35th anniversary of the Promaster. Uh, so these are left-hand, left-side crown Ecozillas with a red or green camouflage pattern to simulate the scaly skin of Godzilla, also with they say hidden Godzillas in there. I have, oh, I found one in the green. I found them. Um, <laughs> all black case with that same kind of camouflage pattern on the top side of the case. Or on on yeah, just the top side of the case. These are cool. This is the first like graphic. Dial that I've seen that I'm like I could I could, I fuck with that yeah. I get down with this. they are uh, five thousand units each or twenty five hundred in the black, three th- black three thousand in the red. I think they meant to say green. Nine hundred bucks. They are using the caliber B eight seven three. They're Ecozillas. Celebrating Godzilla, and they're huge. 48.2 case, 18.5 thick. These are wrist weights.
1: They are enormous. Have you ever worn one of these? No. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're really massive watches. They do wear, because they basically are negative lug, they do wear well for a watch that big, but you can't. They're going to wear like a tuna. They're like just all case they're big fucking watches and and you know the the thing about these watches that i think is the most um shocking is when you see the pictures of these they look really terrific because our brain scales the pictures but my experience with these and when you is when you get them in person because it's so massive the details kind of fall apart and they seem kind of floofy uh with that said i think citizen is probably creating the only real utility dive watches on earth um and, and so you, you know citizen's is making serious dive watches for people that are theoretically still seriously diving and want this equipment Cause there's not really a market for it. Cause nobody wants that. Cause nobody does that. There's like 500 people who do that. That's right. It was like Frank's some, someone wrote us and said, Frank ruined watches. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> uh, okay, fine. I, I know people love this watch. Certain people love this watch. I dig this. I think <laughs> these are great. For I don't dig what $900 it. $900 worth though. They're great for what it is, which is a shitty watch. But they're no. great for that shitty watch. Fuck off! This is not <laughs> a shitty watch. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, other things. What you? What do you? What do you got? Ooh. Uh,
0: so I uh, was at the store the other day um, on my grocery shopping day. I was just perusing the aisles of Asian market. I was trying to give my brain a break because I was looking for a specific type of noodle. There are aisles of noodles. I like just needed a break, so I'm walking over to the housewares, and I saw this thing. I saw a um, musubi cafe. I assume a musubi maker. And for those of you unfamiliar with musubi, musubi is a Hawaiian kind of inspired um, rice patty, like pressed rice with a slice of spam wrapped with some manner of nori. Um, It's spam nigiri. Yeah, it's spam nigiri. Uh, I've made it at home. There's like um, in the past in order to, cause 'cause you really need to compact and press that rice down because it's not a full nori wrap in the, it's pressed down and nigiri is pretty easy to deal with because it's just a little, like less than an egg size rice pressed together by hand. This is a patty to accompany spam. So I've used a spam can. I just get like my tin snips out and cut it down to size and press it down in there, press the spam on. And it's just never quite what I want. I saw this and I was like, oh, I've I've seen these before. I'm intrigued. I got one, it was like eight bucks. And it is awesome. It is, it's exactly what you want. It's a a musubi press. You can compress it down as tight as you want. You pack the rice in there. You pack it down, you throw your slice of fried spam in there, you press it down. I do two, and it makes me think that like spam was designed for this because exactly two, I'm trying to think, like widths of spam, you throw it on its side, you cut it, the width, yeah, widths, two widths of spam (laughs) is exactly the width of a Nori sheet so I just did full wrapped nori sheet rather than cutting it down to do like a ribbon. I just did like a full wrap because then my kids don't make a huge mess with the rice cake, even yeah. though it's really well compressed down in
1: there. You've almost got like a
0: burrito. Yeah, you've got a you've got a, a, a roll like a nori out roll. Um, this thing is great. It, it Dishwasher safe. Goes right back in its little plastic package and into the cupboard. I make enough musubi because the kids really like it. It's a great snack. It's good hot. It's good cold. Uh this is one of my favorite Asian market pickups.
1: Eight bucks. And it makes a kind of tedious task super easy. Yeah, put a link in the show notes. I'm gonna buy one of these because my son really loves musubi. I don't dislike musubi. That sounds terrific. Yeah, do you make sushi rice for it, or are you just using like?
0: Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll do like kind of light, just a light sushi ri- sushi rice, not like a full batch of of the sushi, like of, of sugar vinegar mix into it. I'll do probably like a like a third of that, just to add a little bit of seasoning to it, and then I hit it with some furikake, and then mix it all together. In that way, and then I do a Japanese barbecue glaze on the grilled Spam. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm into it. That's fun. It's it's money. Super easy, and the kids will eat it.
1: I'll eat it, hot, cold, awesome. I've got another thing, and I'm behind the times on it. Do me. <clears throat> uh, I watched a movie uh, in the last several weeks uh, called... Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, anybody who's not living under a rock knows that this is the newish Scorsese film that came out with okay. Scorsese's favorite lead man, Leonardo DiCaprio, a few years ago. It centers around the early 20th century. It's from last year. Osage. Yeah, sure. But it's long enough ago. It, it centers around the, the early 20th century Osage nation finding oil on their property and having you know the the white uh, people around them really sort of pry that money from them it, it's based on a book of the same name by an author whose name is david gran um with that said the movie is is about that and, and certainly that's a centerpiece of the movie and that really comes out with that said it's a story and the story is uh really i would say about social disorders or or uh uh, a sociopathic set of people uh you've got alcoholism you've got just like people doing almost inconceivable acts of betrayal um it, a scorsese movie <laughs> that's right it, it is a scorsese movie i will say it was different than any scorsese movie i've ever watched so i have watched i think all of scorsese's uh major motion pictures at this point you know i say that in real, is probably like 10 more that i haven't seen um with that said this felt to me like something different uh There was a bit of like Gangs of New York Mm. vibes from time, but actually it felt to me like a Paul Thomas Anderson film. Uh, I felt like the tone and the time jumps and the, the just amount of like dead space, not dead space, there were things happening and there were emotions happening and there were interactions happening, but in silence it felt to me a lot like there will be blood uh, that same sort of pacing mm. and the same tone. Um, some of the same sort of bombastic personality comes through, you, you know, and, and that could be the time period. It could be a little bit of the the oil theme, although, although much different movies, uh, but just I think
0: the oil theme, I think there will be blood created such an, like a visceral reaction to the oil theme that anything oil boom related is going to feel like have similar feels.
1: Yeah, maybe, but I don't think it was just that. Cause Daniel Day Lewis could and should be in every Scorsese movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I will just say, I, I don't think it was entirely that. I think that a lot of it was just the way people talked or at times didn't talk. Mm. Which, you know, There Will Be Blood has a lot of really terrific silence in it. So much. Um, I, I felt like this movie was similar. You know, a lot of times there's things happening in just silence. Anyway, it, it was maybe not what I expected. And I, I I don't, I didn't know the story. Um, I I have put the book on my short list, although I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to get to it real soon with that said the story is fantastic and the thing that happened is a thing like gosh it feels like we should know about this um but the movie was really delightful i actually think i should go back and watch it again i do think it's one of those movies that time will be kind to because it was so complex and there was so much happening um, you, you know Leonardo DiCaprio, I think, is a terrific actor. There was a bunch of really good performances in this, and I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio's performance was top three, top four, even. De Niro is. I'm, I'm struggling to imagine De Niro in uh, that era. Well, he's terrific. I I would say I would say top of his game. Um. Yeah, you, you know, I, I just thought it was—I thought it was really good, but I think it's—it would be easy to not like it, even as good as it was. Does that make sense? Hmm. Um, yeah, and, and a lot that,
0: of, I think some of the best movies are like
1: that. That feels maybe a <laughs> little bit like I'm defending it on the back end because I wanted to like it. Uh, I don't think that's what's happening here. I think it's a better film than you realize right away. Slow burn, kind of cerebral. Yeah, Jesse Plemons is terrific. Brendan Fraser. I is love Jesse Plemons. Terrific. Um, yeah, it, it it was really good. It, and and there were other actors. Lily Gladstone, someone who I'm not familiar. She was terrific. Um, y- you know, really good movie. I'd say. I think I could probably even just leave it there. Loved it. Sorry I'm so late. John Lithgow's in it too. Look at that lineup. <laughs> had a good role apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was really good. All right. Andrew, I think we've done it once again. As always, the perfect episode you in know, the can. I'm, I'm realizing right now that we've got a couple of edits, and I didn't take any timestamps. So y- you might get an episode with that had significant uh, problems in it. And if that happens, I'm sorry. But, but it's I'm gonna go perfect. And, I'm going to go in and try to find them. So hopefully you didn't even realize they happened. Thanks for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20 the watch clicker podcast do me a favor go to our website watchclicker.com. that's where we post every single episode of this podcast but also articles and reviews you can also check us out on social media at watch clicker or at 40 and 20 underscore watch clicker that's where we post announcements and articles and sometimes pictures if you want to support us and oh boy we hope you do you can do that at patreon.com 40 and 20. That's where we get all the support for the show. And it's the thing that pays for our hosting and our hardware and our software. And we need that stuff to keep bringing you this show. And if you'd like to hear more of us, don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.